This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah, this is Ezubek. Today's Shiur on Ramban, the Pashat HaShavua. This week, Parshat Miketz. Ramban 8, we're going to talk about today, is the Ramban on the Pasuk in Perek Membet, Pasuk Chaf Aleph. After the brothers come to, uh, to Mitzrayim, and they meet Haish, who we know is Yosef, and he accuses them of uh, of being spies, puts them in jail, and then tells them that okay, he'll let them go, but one of them will stay uh, as a uh, as a hostage until they come back. We find the following pasuk: Vayomeru ish elahiv. The brothers said to each other. אבל אשמים אנחנו על אחינו אשר ראינו צרת נפשו והתחננו אלינו ולא שעמנו. על כן באה אלינו הצרה הזאת. Loosely translated, the brothers say, but we are guilty for our uh, brother. For we saw the affliction of his soul when he cried out to us and we did not listen. Therefore, this trouble has come upon us. Okay, the Ramban, in his, uh, his careful sensitivity to what the Pasuk is saying, makes the following comment. A comment that's so obviously correct, I, I, feel, I feel ashamed that we didn't say it ourselves. What do you need the Ramban for? It's clearly the right Pshat. The Ramban says, Chashvu Ramban says, the brothers now, all of a sudden, when they get in trouble, and therefore, natural tendency, you begin to look and ask yourself, why did this happen? And they reach the conclusion that it's connected to the sale of Yosef. But the Pasuk doesn't say that they said, oh, we are guilty, and that is why this trouble has come upon us, because we sold our brother into slavery. They don't mention the actual sale. What do they say? What was the terrible thing that we did which justifies the trouble in which we are found now? We saw the affliction of his soul when he cried out to us, and we did not listen. The Ramban says, they evaluated negatively. They, they, uh, they placed the blame for their punishment on the cruelty that they evinced. The cruelty justifies a greater punishment than the sale itself. In other words, Rabban says there are two different things taking place here. One is a, an objective crime. You've sold somebody into slavery. You've sold your brother into slavery. You've sold a stranger into slavery. You've sold somebody into slavery. You've, it's, it's a crime, which according to Dinea Torah, is a capital crime. Someone who steals another human being and sells him into slavery, mot yumat. It's a capital crime. It's a very serious crime. As we can imagine. There's another way of looking at what took place, or another aspect to the story. 
And that is that in order to sell somebody into slavery, you have to be very, very cruel. Because he cried. He appealed to their mercy. And they just ignored it. Now, the cruelty is not the same thing as the crime. For instance, you can imagine them separately. If someone cries out to you, Yosef could have fallen into the pit on his own and broken his leg. And then they walked by. And he cried out to them and they didn't pull him out. That's cruelty. There's no crime there, no objective crime. They didn't sell him to slavery and they didn't throw him into the bar. But, but you saw somebody crying you didn't help him. That's, it's, it's, a, it's a mental cruelty. In other words, there's a, an action which is criminal and there's a midah. There's a human personality trait which is being evinced at the same time. And the Mamban strengthened this by saying that what was the crime? Kiyaya achayhem bisaram mitchanein mitnapelefnehem velo yerachamu. For their brother, their flesh, their flesh and blood, we would say in English, was was beseeching them, and they did not have mercy. Now, the fact that he was their brother, and the fact that their brother is their flesh and blood is really irrelevant to the crime. That's why the man has the word ubisaram. Not merely was their brother crying out to them, but their brother, their flesh and blood brother was crying out to them. What's the man trying to say? To ignore the cry of your your own brother, your own flesh and blood brother, is a much greater degree of cruelty than from somebody else. From the criminal point of view, there might not be a difference. There is, for instance, in the in the code of law, no difference. There's no special punishment that comes to somebody who sells his brother as opposed to selling a stranger. Stealing is stealing, whether you steal from your brother or from somebody else, and, 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 and enslaving a free man is criminal, whether he's your brother or somebody else. The reason why the fact that he was their brother here makes it worse isn't because of the objective crime, but because of what it says about their their character. Because, for whatever reason, it, it could be purely psychological reasons, a person is affected more by the cries of his brother than by that of a stranger. You don't have to justify this. I think you could probably, I, I, there's a good justification for it, I think, but that's irrelevant here. The point is, psychologically, it's surely true. And the reason is because, Bisaram, the man throws in that word, so you shouldn't make the mistake of understanding that he's not referring to the criminal aspects, but for the brother, their own flesh and blood, and that increases the psychological pull, the psychological uh, uh, instigation, a feeling. And therefore, that's not, I haven't done anything wrong yet, but to ignore that is a moral problem. In other words, the psychological fact that one, of course, feels the pain of feels the pain of one's brother. So therefore a brother who ignores that, a brother who is able to overcome that psychological pull, is evincing a greater degree of cruelty, of moral cruelty, than would be true if I sold the stranger and he cried and I ignored his cries. Not because in the original view of the matter it's morally worse to sell your brother or to ignore the cries of your brother than it is to sell a stranger or ignore the cries of a stranger. But given the fact that he's cried 
and your ears don't hear it, given the fact that we all know that our ears are in fact more attuned to our brothers than to others, ignoring that cry is a great degree of cruelty. And the Ramban's point is that the brothers now have evaluated, and this is of course the, the, the point of the story, they have, they feel that the greater sin or the greater reason for them being punished, I think we should be, I want, I want to be accurate here, we're not talking about the sin, but the Ramban uses the word onish. Why has this great trouble fallen upon us, the brothers are asking. Why are we being punished? Why is God punishing us? And their answer is to skip over the actual sale and go straight to the the cruelty, the hard-heartedness that they evinced at the time of the sale. Now, does Ramban mean to say that they were correct? It doesn't really say that. The brothers have seized the point of the cruelty and they attribute to the cruelty their punishment rather than to the sale. The man continues in a parashanut uh, discussion as to why in the previous parasha when they were sold this point wasn't mentioned. It doesn't say that Yosef cried and appealed and beseeched. So the man is not bothered by that. Pakatub lo siper zesham the Pasuk did not describe this beseeching, this crying there, even though you'll say, if it's that important, if it in fact is the the greater of the two crimes, then how could the Torah have skipped it? He says, well, The Torah doesn't describe because it was obviously true. We all know that if they're selling Yosef, Yosef's going to cry. Because that's human nature. Therefore, it doesn't need to be described. Or because, an interesting reason, Ramad says perhaps the Pasuk in last week's Pasha Vayeshev didn't want to elaborate the crimes of the sons because, you know, it's not nice. We like the, the children of Yaakov. They are the Shvatim. They're basically tzaddikim. Therefore, the Torah uh, kept short the description of their, of their crimes. He says, well, perhaps you don't need any reason. If it gets, eventually will be described in the next parasha, it doesn't mean to be described in the first parasha. So these three reasons are actually somewhat difficult because what Ramban here is saying is that it's the greater crime. If it was, if it was a side point, if it was a minor point, if it was merely an elaboration, so these three reasons might be true. You don't need to go into the, all the details if they're obvious. Or you don't need to go into the details if you have some reason not to describe it at length, because you don't wish to denigrate the brothers more than necessary, or because, all right, you'll figure it out in the next week's Pasha. But if, in fact, it is the heart of the matter, it's the greater crime, then the Torah should have described it. So I suspect very strongly that the Ramban is not saying that it is the greater crime. He's saying the brothers now at this point, when facing Yosef, what arises in their hearts and their minds is the point of their own cruelty. It's more prominent than the point of the actual criminal sale. 
And the Torah in the previous parasha, I, I still have a question, why, does it, why doesn't it describe everything? So my answer is why it doesn't describe everything. But why doesn't it concentrate? If it's not describing everything, but it has to describe something, so why doesn't it at least describe the main point, the point of the cruelty? Because the cruelty is not the main point. The Torah in the previous parasha is describing the crime, the objective crime. That which needs for the record, for the Torah record, what took place here, what took place was a sale, and that's the crime. And that's what you need to know as a reader of the Torah. The Torah now is describing the psychological reaction of B'nai Yaakov. And here the Torah is saying that B'nai Yaakov have a certain insight, which is also important for us to realize. But it only arises in this context. In, in, the, in the narrative of the previous parasha, it's not the main point. Because the narrative in the previous parasha is the objective, outside narrative. But now we're doing an inner narrative. The turmoil of the souls of these brothers. And the important point now, apparently is, I'm adding to the but I admit, the important point now is that they are undergoing a transformation from the cruel-heartedness which they evinced at the time of last week's parasha, the people who are in fact are beginning to understand what it means to take care of a brother, what it means to respond to a brother's cry and a brother's trouble, as will take place in the continuation of this week's parasha, and especially next week's parasha, when Yudah goes and saves Binyamin from, <coughs> from the plot which Yosef, the king, the, the, the man, is apparently about to about to uh, 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 unfold upon him. This is carried out in the rest of the man as well. The next pasuk in the Torah, after they say this to each other, "Oi, this is deserving to us because we heard our brother and we did not respond to his cries." By Ya'an Reuven Otam Reuven, the eldest brother, answers them this this statement of the guilt of hearing Yosef's cries and not answering, Uvein answers them and says, Hello Amarti Alechem Limor Al Tehtu Bayelet Velosh Matem Vegam Damo Hinein Nidrash. He says, I said to you then, do not sin with the child, but you do not listen to me. Vegam Damo Hinein Nidrash. And also his blood is now required of you. His blood means his death. His his death is now being demanded of you, the, the payment for his death. But it says the gum damo, and also his blood. So the gum has a, a excited, yeah, the, 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 the word the gum, and also requires explanation. And in fact, there are many explanations for it. Going back to Chazal, the Ramban says, שכפר אמרתי לכם בשעת מעשה שלא תכתובו, כי ילד הוא, ובפני נערותו חטא לכם, וראוי לכם להעביר אחת האות נעוריו. רמב"ן, first of all, again in his careful uh, sensitivity, notices that Ruben says, do not sin by yelled, in the child. Where does this word yelled come from? So the Ramban explains, Ruben is pointing out to them that, you know, I told you he was only a little child, meaning... Ramban explains, you shouldn't be angry at him, Yosef. 
the things he's done because he's a little child. It doesn't count. It was chatatun urav. It was, it was childlike or the sins of adolescence. In other words, the Ramban's point is that they said, oh, we are being punished because we were cruel. And Ruven says to them, you're being punished because of his blood. The blood means the objective crime. And they were concentrating on the psychological crime. So therefore the word vegan. In other words, system, you're right, 100% you're right. And also, he adds them, and also, you also sold him. You didn't only harden your hearts and ignore his cries. You also sold them into slavery. Uh, uh, practically speaking, you killed them. Or almost killed them. So, the distinction between psychological traits, immoral, unethical traits, and physical actions that are evil, Rahman says it's part of the discussion between the brothers in Uvain. They say, we are being punished because we had bad character traits. We were cruel and hard-hearted. And he says to them, yes, and also because you killed them. Also because you sold them. Also. He doesn't argue with them. He doesn't say you're wrong. But he says, Vigandamo. He named Adrash. But at least Uvain is, is remembering what the Pasha, what the Pasuk of the brothers so, so, so unexpectedly skipped. They didn't mention all the sale. He says, well, you also sold them. Now, what, what is the real attitude of the Ramban to this, uh, to this distinction? It's a basic distinction in, in, in moral thought. How much are we concerned? How much is a person concerned about himself? I don't mean that we the judges. How much is God concerned? How much in reality is the value of a good person and a bad person, meaning a good heart and a bad heart, a, 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 a moral personality or an immoral personality? And how much are the actions? Presumably there are some people who are very, very cruel, but they have an opportunity perhaps to, to be cruel to people. You know, to do bad things. The people are very, very, very moral-hearted, but uh, for one reason or another, they haven't done a lot of things. It's obvious that in court, right, in the human court, we don't punish people for bad character traits. But that's because of our own limitations, perhaps. In, 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 in modern jurisprudence, not in Torah jurisprudence, but in modern uh, Western jurisprudence, it's probably taken into account, let's say, in the punishment. If someone has committed a crime and the judge is uh, very much impressed by the cold, hard-hearted cruelty in which he did it, they'll give him a couple of extra years. And if we think that he did something bad but somehow he wasn't really being cruel, he didn't mean it, whatever, you know, he did sort of he was overcome by emotion, so you give him a lesser sentence. Truth is the Torah doesn't allow a Jewish court to take those things into consideration. Punish actions have punishments. And it's all objective and, and, and there's no subjective evaluation of how bad the person was when he did it. That doesn't mean that God doesn't take it into account. It just means that the human court is not allowed to take that into account because it's beyond you. It's taking on a role that perhaps you don't deserve to take. But what's the real answer to the question of what is the moral good? The good personality or the good or the good actions? So this is Ramban 
back in Parshat Vayera, that refers to this question in a very short and perhaps slightly enigmatic or somewhat enigmatic uh, uh, statement. And that's on the Akedah. The question on the Akedah is, why is there an Akedah? All uh, commentaries refer to this. The, the language of the Akedah is, Vashem Nisah, Vahedokim Nisah Avraham. He tested Avraham. But of course, the word test is usually used in our uh, context to mean, I give you a test to find out how good you are. But God knows how good Avraham Avinu is. Why does he have to give Avraham tests? This question is, is debated. All, all, all commentaries have to uh, try to explain this point. The Ramban on Velokim Nisat Avraham explains. In Yana Nisayon, I'll explain to you what it means in Nisayon. What are divine tests in general? This is only one of them. Who Lidati, my opinion is, Ramban takes credit, or in any event, this is my opinion. What a person does, a person has license to do whatever he wants. He has free will. If he wants to, he does. If he doesn't want to, he doesn't do it. A, a test, a trial, is not from the point of view of God, from the point of view of the tested one, of the the person being tested. But he who does the test, God, he's not testing to find out something, no, he's doing something else. He gives the command, in order to bring to reality a certain potential. And the purpose is that a person should have the reward of a good action and not just the reward of a good heart alone. And not merely the reward of a good heart. In other words, the man is saying, why did God test Avraham Avinu? Because Avraham Avinu was a tzaddik. What kind of a tzaddik was he? He loved God immensely. He would do anything for God. But he hasn't done anything for God yet. So God asks him to sacrifice Yitzchak so that he should not merely be a person who has the moral trait of being willing to sacrifice his son, but he should be somebody who actually sacrificed his son. In other words, the Nisayon is to bring to reality that which is potential means to bring into objective reality that which is a character trait. And why? Because then, the man says, you get, you have more reward. They should have the reward of good actions and not merely, not the lesser reward of a good heart. Now, the word reward here, sachar, I think is the exact same, but complementary, but other side of the coin word that was used in our Ramban, onesh. The brothers said that the punishment they're getting is because of the cruelty and not because of the sale. And the Ramban says by, by Abba Mavino, he will get a reward for the actual slaughter of his son and a lesser reward for the willingness, for the love of God that 
stands behind the sale of the sun. So there appears to be an apparent contradiction between these two Rambans, because Ramban implicitly says in Pashad Vayeva that one gets a greater reward for actions than for character traits, whereas the brothers felt that they got a greater punishment for character traits rather than for a, an action. Of course, there is no contradiction, technically speaking, because here it's God and there it's, and there it's the brothers. As I pointed out, I'm not sure the brothers are correct. It's not at all clear to me that God, in fact, evaluates and cherishes human character traits more than, uh, more than human actions. But the brothers at that point were reacting to, uh, to their own character traits. And as I said, I think the reason is because that's what the Pasha is about. The Pasha is about the transformation of the brother's character from indifferent, cruel, uh, bellicose, willing to fight with their brother to people who care about their brothers. And that's an important point and therefore the Pasha concentrates on that and therefore it shows us what goes on in their minds. But it's very possible that in fact there is some measure which says that if you have to, if you see somebody doing a crime or somebody doing a mitzvah, in the case of Amabinu, what is the greater thing that took place here? The action or the heart, the character that's behind it? It could very well be, it could very well be the action. That's not the last word on this issue. I think the Ramban himself has a very, very complicated uh, attitude towards these things. And it's not enough time for me to prove it. So I'll say it shortly. I think the Ramban thinks that both things are true. There are two different levels, two different perspectives, and they both operate independently. One is what we do in the world, our actions, and there's a certain punishment that you get for actions, and there isn't a punishment or reward for hearts. There's another measure that's a more spiritual measure. It's what happens in Olam Haba, whereby it's not a matter of punishment or reward. I owe you two pieces of candy, or I owe you two two uh, strikes, blows from the from the whip of God. But it's simply where your soul stands in relationship to God. And that's not based on your actions, it's based on, on who you are. Of course, there's a psychological connection between actions and, and, and personality. But when you get to Olam Haba, if you're a good person, you're closer to God. If you're a bad person, you're further from God. But there's also a measure of divine retribution. Sachar va'onesh. And there, there is something that says that uh, what, what the Pasuk says about, what the Raman says about the Akedah rather than what the brothers think about themselves, that reward and punishment, the reality of it is that you don't give somebody reward for being prepared to do something, but having a good heart, he has to actually, have, he has to do it. If he's a good heart, I'll love him. But if he's done something good, I will give him his reward, I will give him his medal, I will give him the five dollars I owe him. So in fact, because God loves Avraham Avinu, because he has a good heart, that's why he wants Avraham to do good things, so he can give him a greater reward. Just remember this question. If the good heart doesn't count, then why does God want to bring uh, 
Avram's character traits into reality. Why? Why with Avram? Why not with me? Why not with you? Why not with anybody? The answer is that Avram Avinu's good heart, of course, counts. That's why. That's that's why God wants to have his heart be expressed in reality, so that he can give him a greater reward. That's Aregalachat. Standing on one foot, I think is what the Rabban's total opinion is here. But going back to our Pasha, it is still true that the brothers, the Ramban says, are, as opposed to Reuven, who is more or less not guilty of the first thing. Reuven really loved his brother and wanted to save his brother. He was guilty perhaps of something else. He didn't do enough to save him, perhaps. It's not clear. But Reuven did hear the brothers cry. And as the Pasuk says in last week's Pasha, intended to save him, or would have wanted to save him, or tried to save him. So Reuven doesn't have the same psychological storm that the brothers have. And therefore he says, don't forget you also sold him. But what the brothers are engaged in is, is, a, is, is, a, is a psychological reevaluation of themselves. And therefore, at this point in, in the story, the Torah is less interested, and as they are less interested, in saying, what crime did we commit and how bad was it? Which obviously they have to do. But what the Torah highlights is the transformation of the cruel, hard-hearted brothers into the caring, loving individuals which we will now meet to the end of the story. And is that transformation very, very important morally? Of course. We never said that a good heart isn't important. It might, it, it might eventually even be more important, as I said. Eventually. In the eyes of God, it will be the most important thing. And, and therefore, that's what the Pasha has come to tell us. Last week's Pasha was telling us indeed about the crime. And crimes are objective. Crimes of the heart. Crimes which are only in your heart are not crimes. They're traits. They're metaphysical, good or bad objects, entities. But they're not criminal in and of themselves. And that's the, the tension that goes on here. You see the Ramban, the Ramban threw into I was very much impressed by the fact that Ramban put this tension into the conversation between Uvein and the brothers. And I try to explain why Uvein has his perspective and the brothers have theirs. But again, you see the Ramban's, the Ramban's mind is like, he's very sensitive to this, this border between, you look at somebody... Do you sum up his actions and decide what kind of person he is? Or do you try, God can do it better than we can, to simply weigh his character, to weigh his heart in the Ramban's, in the Ramban's language? And this comes to the fore in this two-line discussion of Uvein and the brothers. And I think it's the key to understanding what we're supposed to see in the Pasha. The brothers changing from one point to another. And that's it for today. And we'll be back next week with another episode in the Ramban Ala Parsha. This has been Ezra Beck, and you've been listening to KMTT. Ki Mitzion Tetzei Torah, Udvar Hashem, Mi Yerushalayim.